2: And welcome to the 497th episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your temporary host, the fluffiest Whimsicott Thatch is having internet trouble. I'm so sorry about that. While he's not here, I am able to be joined by my super duper awesome, that's not an SAT word, but I don't care, (laughs) friends. (laughs) The first one of them is my brother Linian.
1: Hello. Thatch has co-hosts. Wimsicott has friends.
2: And brothers. My other brother is <laughs> P. McGee. Hello.
0: Good morning.
2: <laughs> Good morning, indeed. We are here to bring you a show that is all about Pokémon. We are the Puckle Podcast, P-U-C-L, the Pokémon Underground Champions League, because Thatch was 16 when he came up with this name. We talk about the video game, we talk about the anime, we talk about pretty much everything in between. Some things we don't talk much about, because really, what is there to say about something like Pokémon Trozee?
1: <laughs> Nothing much. The only thing to say is, man, that was a weird art style.:
2: Yeah, something like, "hmm, that exists." <laughs> and look, we- we've talked about, about Pokemon Troys I now we We're settled. <laughs> we're done. That's all it needs. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> welcome back to the show if you're a regular listener, and welcome if you're a new one. We hope you have fun. As usual, we like to chill out in our intro and ask each other what we've been up to lately. I'm going to start by asking Linian. Linian, what have you been up to lately?
1: Well, if you've been following the random, like, midday Twitch streams that Shamu and I have been doing recently, um, we just about hit the Elite Four on uh, Pokemon Insurgents, which has been an interesting game. Um, It was a lot. It's a lot better than I expected, honestly. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I'd played it before and it was always kind of fun, but particularly some of the the narrative elements get pretty hilarious uh, later in. Like it's it's played for comedy as well as it is played for just sheer terror, and some of it works, some of it hmm. doesn't. But it's all it's never bad. It's just entertaining.
2: Okay. It's that, it's, it's an interesting combination right there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there, there are definitely some moments where you kind of sit there and you're like, wow, they tried to make this serious, but it's not. It's very funny. And there are other times where uh the big bad gets tricked into believing a prophecy is real just so that you can go in and set things on fire. And it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's like, wait, okay, you actually so- believe that whole prophecy crap? That's
2: so funny. <laughs> so it's like accidental humor. Is what you're saying. Some of
1: it is accidental. That scene was entirely intentional. Multiple people are just going, wait, you bought that? What is wrong with you?
2: Okay. <laughs> okay, that is that is kind of funny. <laughs> what about you, Mickey?
0: Uh, so I, outside of my usual uh, draft league stuff that I like to do these days, I've been doing a lot of uh, battle stadium singles to get back in the mode for summer league. So I've been playing around with my team on ladder it's not very mm. good. I don't expect to do very well as a gym leader this summer, but there should be some fun to be had. <laughs> and then in the non-Pokémon world, I've gotten really, really into uh, Junimo Kart on Stardew Valley. I've been playing that a ton. <laughs> it's not a very oh. fun game. It's one of the most infuriating side-scrollers you can ever run across because it's a randomly generated level every time. But oh. I've been doing a lot of that. So I probably put like 20, 20 hours in the last like month playing Junimo Kart. Wow. <laughs> but I beat, the, I beat the progress mode, which um, is, I don't think it means anything, but I was happy I did it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's fair. Well, myself, uh, all three of us are gym leaders in the Summer League. We're going to talk about that some more in the news. So I have been like getting my teams together and practicing with them a letter as you have been. It's been a bit of a disaster so far, but... I think with with some like pointed help from some of my fellow gym leaders, I think once the league actually starts, which is today if you're listening on the day this comes out, we're gonna have some real fun like some choice things are gonna happen and that sounds like not not not, not all of my Pokemon are holding choice items I wasn't trying trying to give hints it was just an accidental <laughs> pun. <laughs>
1: Look, if anyone Sorry was going to run it. three Pokemon with choice items, it would be me. <laughs>
2: I mean, what you can't even do that in BSs. Like, there's two choice items, and there's, there's an item lock. There's, there's three. three scarf. Oh, there, you're specs. right. There's three. There's three. <laughs> Band. Fine. Mm. I do. I don't think I ever did that. But yeah, that that sounds exactly like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yeah i think i think the summer league is gonna be fun but i have to tell you as the fairy type gym leader i have been feeling for the second year in a row the lack of certain pokemon hmm. and especially since it's bss uh-huh. you can't use mythicals and mm-hmm. Man, Victini was a really big help two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) The distribution of fairy-type moves is abysmal. Yeah. Like, do you know how many fire-type Pokémon get fairy-type moves?
0: Two? Fire-type Pokémon that get fairy moves. (laughs) It can't be that large of a pool, to be honest.
2: It's literally, I think you can count them on one hand. I don't even think you need all of the fingers. (laughs) <laughs> same with like ground and poison and steel it's it's terrible like all the typings that like, you would think oh these are gonna help me they don't get fairy type coverage and then you find something that does and you realize it's either a mythical or not in sword and shield so yeah
0: yeah that sounds pretty rough
2: it's like but you're the fairy type gym leader Fairies possibly the best type in the game. Mm, Not not for this. Not for this. I
1: I wonder what that's like, having a type where not every Pokemon imaginable just happens to have one of those moves.
2: Yeah, flyboy. I wonder what that's like.
1: <laughs> I, I did legitimately go, "Hmm, how hard would it would uh, it be uh, would it be to adapt this? Oh, look, I can just switch one move and I'm done. Airstream's broken and everyone was running it anyway. That's Yeah. Yep. That's fun.
2: <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, I'm like, "Hmm, so do I essentially run a three-move pokemon because I need to put charm on it?" in order to make it legal for the
1: Summer League. Not again. Not again.
2: (laughs) Not again, no. I mean, it worked surprisingly well, but I I think Tony Taka might still be having nightmares about that, (laughs) Chancey. Never again. (laughs) But anyway, I, I promised we would talk about the Summer League later. We should still do that. So I think we should close out this intro and move on to our news segment. In the news, there is actually very little news because, again, this is going up the day before E3. So we have almost nothing for you. But what we do have is this. The Nintendo Direct at E3 is going to be uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this as it comes out. Um, It's going to be on Tuesday, June the 15th, It's going to be roughly 40 minutes long. And they've already stated that it will only be about Nintendo Switch software. (laughs) So no Switch Pro reveal for you guys. And mostly about software that will be releasing in 2021. Mm -hmm. Which means we will almost certainly get something about BDSP. There is a chance we will get something about uh, Legends RQs.
1: The chance, I think, is better because of some stuff we'll get into more in the topic, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, don't get too don't get uh, too too excited.
2: Yeah, we, <laughs> we will see, <laughs> we will see. But Linian, what's going on in the TCG?
1: In the TCG, they have announced uh, a new style of card, uh, V Union cards. So uh you don't get one you don't just like open one of these. That would be silly. Uh you open a quarter of one of them, as they are like four part cards, and once you get all of them into your discard, you can summon them from your discard and use them. Uh it's basically Yu-Gi-Oh! special summoning.
2: This sounds um insane. <laughs> it's insane.
1: Uh, I do not like... Okay, so you get the art, and the art is split over the four cards you have to put all around, right? Mm. Yeah. The problem is, any given card that you open, only one of them looks cool. No one yeah. goes, to, like, opening their card packets like, oh, Zashin's shoulder, or oh, Mewtwo's, exactly. butt. <laughs> like-
2: <laughs> Mewtwo's butt! Mewtwo's <laughs> butt! Look,
1: look, that's a card now. A card is just in hips. It's just unfortunate.
2: Yeah, that, that is horrible. Uh, also, like, imagine they do alternate art for these cards and you have them, but you have them mismatched.
1: Oh, uh, oh. Yuck. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, I, it... They look fine all together, but, you know, you can see where the card seams are because they're just, you know, all four of them put together. And I'm taking any one out. And if it's not the head, it just looks silly. Yeah. Uh,
2: Imagine.
1: Yeah. Uh, According to Seth, they're okay. Uh, Mm. (laughs) He was talking about, I was like, one will probably see play. One's pretty good. One's just terrible. Uh, The biggest Mm. thing is that they don't. Having to get four pieces together sounds really awful, but the fact that you're pitching cards constantly makes them okay. Tune in for TCG Cast because I don't know enough about it, and I was the one who got this news because I know the most about the game. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. Uh, The cards look cool though. cards like the completed
0: image looks kind of neat, but individually they're not exciting. I've seen
2: a glimpse of the Mewtwo one. It was like cool pose, but again, and one of the cards is Mewtwo's butt. (laughs) Lean and fried. <laughs> ah, such is the way of the TCG world. But McGee, what about the anime world? What's going yeah. on there?
0: Just to reiterate how much news we have this week, we are back to talking about the anime again. Um, because <laughs> exciting development. James has caught a Morpeko, which Ooh. <laughs> continues to show Team Rocket's fascination with catching Pokemon that look like Pikachu but aren't. Because last uh, season they believed they had a Mimikyu for the whole run so i
2: mean if you can't get the og one you make do. Yeah, yeah
0: this this works um it's fun seeing more peko around so i'm excited to see more of more peko hanging around in the anime for the foreseeable future um but yeah mm. that's the uh that's the summation of our general news uh, a good little wow.
1: piece of information to round off with
2: <laughs> but wait wait there's video game battling news <laughs>
1: The Fair and Square event has been announced for uh, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield available at all major retailers for $60. Am I stalling well enough?
2: Yes.
1: Uh, (laughs) Removes the item and Pokemon restrictions so that you can use multiple of them, but it then goes and bans all of the legendary Pokemon because it's fair and square.
2: Mmm. The very first comment I saw about this is, yeah, it's totally fair because you can't use Landrus and you can't use Legendary Birds and you can't, oh, you can still use Cinderace? Mm. Mm.
0: <laughs> I'm just waiting for the fear sets. Mm.
1: I'm just waiting for the guy who's bringing six Cinderace all with different movesets to pick the three that best, <laughs> best counter what's in front.
0: I think there's going to be a lot of that, like some versatile mons that are just going to be like six different variants to some degree, and then you to bring the three that make the most sense. I can I can believe that will show up, so I'll I'll be watching.
1: Here, here's my team: five Cinderace and a Boom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, you could bring like I don't know six Mimi Q, and then like oh no, wait, you have G-Max Cinderace on the other side. What am I saying?
0: <laughs> this oh, that's is ridiculous.
2: True. At least only one of the Cinderace can Gigantamax or Dynamax, but still. <laughs> you make, like, you make, like, the other one choice Band and the other one choice scarf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
1: Sign-ups end, oh, like, Thursday, and the event uh, runs Friday through Sunday. If you're listening the next week, week I'm sorry. Happen. Why are you yeah. listening to this one? The E3 one's out. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, yeah to listen to that one
2: before this one. But look, there's Pokemon Go news. That never <gasps> happens.
0: But there's only one thing. So this is very nice. That um,
2: actually never happens. <laughs> this never, yeah.
0: Usually, especially in the summertime, I feel like it's usually like just tons and tons of events. But it's been really, really calm this summer. So... Uh, starting June 17th, there is a Shadow Ho-Oh that is being added to the game. The, that will be around through September 1st, and it's obtained through some new Team Go Rocket special research, uh, a seven-colored mm. Shadow. So if you still play Pokemon Go and you somehow don't have a ho or you want a Ho-Oh, uh, this is the event for you. So that should give you a fun little summer mission.
2: Yeah, if it's not like too hot or too cold or too COVID where you live,
1: <laughs> we had a frost last night in the middle of June. I hate this place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Continental weather that—that <laughs> that sounds awful. Actually, I like when I said too cold. I was thinking about our friends from down under, but gosh. <laughs> Anyway, speaking about friends, uh, let's move on to our Paco news. We've mentioned this in the intro. We're never going to stop talking about it until it's over, probably. But the Summer League starts today, not when we're recording, when the episode comes out. Unless people like... It starts today. (laughs) And if you were wondering what we were talking about in the intro with like the fairy type coverage and all of that, the way the Summer League works is this. There's 10 gym leaders, 10, because we don't want to crush your dreams of equaling Gary Oaks' feet in the Kanto League in the anime. Each gym leader has a type and you can go up against them in BSS battles where they have teams that don't have to be All of their assigned type, but do need to have four Pokemon of that type, at least one Pokemon with an offensive move of that type, and at least one Pokemon with a move of that type that can be a status move. So that's why I was having such drama about finding things that knew like charm or disarming voice.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of coverage fairy moves that like non-fairies get access to. It's a pretty slim pickings.
2: A lot of the, like, say, moves like detect being a fighting type move Mm -hmm. or stuff like that. All those little moves that are not normal type, they're almost never fairy type because fairy type was introduced afterwards. The only one that I think changed from normal to fairy of those was charm, which is why there's an actual, like, coverage with charm.
1: Yes. Incorrect. There is also sweet kiss. Oh uh, yes,
2: <laughs> kiss, Which has a ton of Pokémon that learn it. What is like seven? I
0: mean, you could be running a love disk this summer, for all we know. That sweet oh,
2: kiss coverage. Why would I ever <laughs> except for the one time I tried to make my entire team pink? Why failed to do that?
1: Is love disk even in Sword and Shield? I don't, I don't know.
2: Think so. No, th- you're right. It's not. Oh gosh.
1: It could be, and none of us would know.
2: That's a fair assessment. But I don't, I don't think it is.
1: It is not. Huh.
2: <laughs> what happens is every gym leader has a gym time during the week, a two-hour window when you can go and challenge them. And if you can't make that time, you can make arrangements. We're going to make it work for you. And if you collect at least eight of the badges before the league ends on August 1st, you get to participate in a BSS tournament at the end that's you know, a single elimination tournament? No, is it a Swiss? Are we doing? It's a
0: single elimination bracket tournament. Single
2: elimination bracket tournament. Summer. Thank you, Mickey. Yeah. And you can become the summer league champion.
1: If you would rather just uh, say screw the rules, I have money and would like to purchase a physical set of badges. You don't need to beat us, and those are for sale.
0: Yes. Uh, more information can be they found
1: are.
2: on
0: Patreon, I believe, or on yeah, you can go, on the yeah, Discord as
1: well.
2: Yeah. But uh, yeah, actually. Everything I just described happens on our Discord server. So just go there. You can see the rules. You can see the gym leaders. You can see their schedule time. You can, like, there's a chat. Where you can like go and say, "Hey, I want a challenge," and then you can comment on your battle with other people and brag if you win and look for advice if you don't win, because the point of the gym leaders is to say, "Yeah, I'm not here to like stop you forever from getting the badge. I'm here to stop you from getting the badge until you learn anything that you might have possibly have had to learn from me. Mm-hmm. So you can re-challenge if you lose. And we're always going to have like a good piece of advice for you in the meantime.
0: And quite a few of us are going to be streaming it during our gym times as well. So if you just want to come watch some gym battles and you got nothing better to mm-hmm. do, you can probably find us in the Discord streaming it. So definitely come uh, yeah. check that
1: out. One thing to note, especially like the first couple weeks, yes, we are more than happy to uh, do multiple matches against you. Probably not back-to-back because we have limited hours and a lot of people trying to go through. So just... Yeah. Keep coming. <laughs> That's
2: all oh, yeah. I can say. Yeah. The, the, the unspoken rule of the Summer League is just be polite, uh, take your place in the queue, and be mindful that there are other people trying to get the badges. That's all. In more pockle news, uh, you may have noticed at the beginning that I mentioned this being episode 497. This means that in three weeks, we're going to be hitting the big 500. There's Ooh. going to be... Yes. There's going to be several things done to celebrate. First of which is we're going to broadcast that episode live on our Twitch stream. And then we haven't finalized everything about it, but there is going to be a panel with Thatch and the co hosts on our Discord. There's going to be a tournament inspired by Puckle 500. There's going to be lots and lots of initiatives that are just going to add to the fun and add to the celebration. And you are welcome to join us for every single one of them. So don't miss out.
1: One thing that is coming up soon, and if you want to participate, you'll need to just hop in through the Discord. Uh, on June 28th, the time is forthcoming. We're still trying to get a couple people to figure things out. Uh, we're doing a special Puckle-themed game corner that I will be running, and there will be a mystery prize. So if you want to Ooh. watch that live, uh, we should have the time next week in the show itself. But if you want to check the Discord by the time this episode goes live, we'll have it then, too.
2: That sounds amazing, and I can't wait for it. Anyway, uh, as for the Summer League, all the news and details are going to be on our Discord. Uh, You can follow us there for all the relevant information. But now, speaking of information, we are going to move on to Puckle's Pokequiz, where I'm going to quiz my fellow co-hosts on their absolutely insane Pokemon knowledge. (laughs)
0: They can cash it in for an eighth point.
2: And welcome to Puckle's Pokey Quiz. Thank you, Mark, for reading the rules for us. As you heard, we're going to be asking five Pokemon-themed questions, and we're going to see how my friends do. Currently, the ladder for this is completely empty.
1: No, because Seth has
2: points. Except for Seth. Dude, I know I'm slow, but let me finish. <laughs> 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 Except for our friend Seth, who got seven points for helping Claude cross the line last week. We're going to get to 30 points and we're going to see how far you guys go this week to reach that goal. Are you guys ready?
1: Uh, of course. Sure. I'm
2: ready to be carried by Lenny,
0: at
1: least. <laughs> Just because it's true doesn't mean you have to say it, McGee.
0: I like to (laughs) remind folks that just because I once upon a time collected the trivia, I was not very good at doing the trivia.
2: Yes.
1: Time for one footprint set, because this is where I carry you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, okay, okay. Question number one. This one comes from our beloved Shark Finnegan. Shark wants to know, Ice Beam, Thunderbolt, and Flamethrower are often lumped together as 95-powered special TMs found in casino or late-game locations, but in Generation 1, one of them was not a TM. Which one was it?
0: Well, at least we have a 33% chance. I okay. don't know.
1: I think it's... My my gut says Flamethrower. I'll go with
0: your gut. I have nothing to counter it with. Is that
2: your final answer, then? Sure. Mm. Okay. Flamethrower is correct. Yay! (gasps) Yes, (laughs) your instinct was exactly correct. So, Thunderbolt, you got from Lieutenant Surge after you beat him as a TM. That makes sense. And Ice Beam, you can get as a TM after you give a drink to the girl at the top of the department store. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you're going to say, wait, but doesn't Blaine give out Flamethrower with his team? No, he gives you Fire fire Blast. blast. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh. you guys are one for one. Good job. And I'm actually going to give you guys a choice here. Because both of our choices for question number two have very specific topics. One is the TCG and one is the manga.
0: Oh, well... Whatever you want to do, uh, Linian. My, I, I don't have information
1: I on can't. either. <laughs> why? Why must you uh, expose both of my weaknesses?
2: I'm so sorry. Blame Liger. He's the one who compiles this every week.
1: I'll do what I do best and blame the Australians. Uh, I feel like. I feel like I've read more manga pages at 2 a.m., like pages about the manga on Seraphim Bulbapedia, let me clarify. Then I have played TCG, so... I need
0: to start doing that with my 2 a.m. reads. I need to start going through these manga tidbits so I can answer trivia questions. manga
2: question it is. Our second question, therefore, comes from the British gent. Hi, darling. In the Pokémon manga, Red goes missing, and we meet Yellow who has been sent on a mission to find him along with Red's Pikachu. Now, Yellow has to cross the sea. But how does Yellow cross the sea?
0: It's, it's not it, just a Lapras, is it? That seems too simple.
1: I mean, it's either a Lapras or the SS Anne, right? Like, uh, it's, uh, they both it's, sound Well, uh, Okay,
2: uh, since this is a very uh, hard question, I'm going to give you like half of a free hint. Uh, mm-hmm. Pokemon does have something to do with it. But in a rather non-traditional manner.
0: So I don't think it's Lapras. <laughs> um, um, we got 150 other Pokemon. It could be though. So we're
1: we're improving our odds. You know that you know that picture of uh, Doduo using its heads like a helicopter. Sure.
0: <laughs> Flying Doduo, I can buy it.
2: I.
1: That's clearly not what this is. But I don't. I don't know.
0: <laughs> if it's not traditional, we can pretty much throw out water types. So.
2: I mean, you guys can use your hint on this one if you want.
0: I just... I think we save it for uh, the
1: Save question. it for something where, like, it's okay. closer. Uh, <laughs> so Do what duo. is your answer? <laughs> Doduo. Do I'm duo. down with it.
2: Doduo is unfortunately incorrect.
1: No, really?
2: Yellow, yeah. Yellow essentially cobbles together a surfing Pikachu from a non-surfing Pikachu by using a surfboard and having Pikachu use its attacks to propel them across the sea. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's sure. like budget surfing Pikachu. Because
1: that's a much better solution than, I don't know, catching a poly I mean, Um
2: Yeah, but this was the manga inspired by Pokemon Yellow, which had the surfing Pikachu minigame.
1: That's true.
2: So sure. it was a that's reference true. to that. Yeah, sorry, it was a pretty hard question. But uh, you can make up for that with your Pokedex question, which, as usual, is our third question. Let's see, I'm gonna say... We're gonna ask you the one from (laughs) Foobs. Its Ultramoon Pokedex entry states, Its entire body is covered in its own slime. If you accidentally step on one, you'll slip and it will get mad and smack you. Who's that Pokemon?
0: Why <sighs> is, is this a Goodra? I, mean, I was wondering if it was like Goomy. I mean, because you can't really step on a Goodra. Maybe a Sliggoo? Sliggoo or a Goomy I could buy. Um, I'm trying to think of what other slimy creatures to be aware of.
1: Wait, what What gener- What was the dex? Ultra Moon.
2: Ultra Moon.
1: Okay. They're in it, so they're in that dex.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just a... Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: trying to think of what other slimy creatures that you could step on um not sunfisk
1: because that wouldn't slap you so much as tase you
0: yeah or pukumuku no probably not
1: actually that because that its whole thing is like counter attacks
0: right yeah when it's got the whole thing like it projects out of its body that like it's like a hand i don't know if it's slimy though
1: yes if it's a it's a sea cucumber those are incredibly slimy okay i have just touched one recently i can confirm they are disgusting
2: I'm going to need an answer.
1: Ah, uh, is fine. Let's do that.
0: Pukamooka.
2: Pukamooka is actually correct, you guys. Yeah! It's like a public Good job! <laughs> <laughs> the second entry was for, from pokemon moon and it read these pokemon line the beaches so i think you guys would have gotten ah, that that
0: would have helped that definitely would have helped. This,
2: the, the second part of the entry is amazing the sticky mu- mucus that covers their bodies can be used to soothe sunburned skin how convenient <laughs>
1: i hate that a
2: lot
1: <laughs> i truly despise that fact <laughs>
2: i mean there are beauty products with like slug slime in it
1: sure whimsicott do you just pick up a slug off the ground and rub it onto your face to fix crow's feet no (laughs) absolutely no
2: no. that is that is sticky and gross exactly but but, uh getting the question right on your first pokedex entry gave you Two points, which means you guys are three for three. And we're going to move on to our multiple choice question. So let's see. This one I'm going to get from Live. This question has three answers. And I'm going to give you a point for each. To date, which Pokemon evolutionary lines appear in every regional pokedex
1: ah this question Um, so i assume that means pre-isle of armor no it doesn't okay zubat
2: that is one
1: is psyduck in swish um yes uh okay i mean there's that would be one if it's not if it's in swish so i'll say psyduck
2: that is also correct that's two points
0: um, it, it wouldn't be
1: Pikachu line, would it? Or like a magic line No, airplane? it wasn't in Gen 5. It's Magnemite, I believe. Magnemite? Yep.
2: Magnemite is correct. Good job. All right. You got all three correct answers and you got all three points, which means you are now 6 for 4 and you have a chance to get a seventh point with question number 5, which, as usual, is a base stat Question. This one I'm going to get from Gliscor Gamer. What not fully evolved water type has the highest base attack? Water
0: type hmm. with the highest base attack that's not fully evolved. Um, Let's see. Who's are really high? Uh, Polly probably not going to be it. You guys can
2: cash in your hint? Oh, yeah, we
0: can't cash in. Yeah, we'll take the hint. We don't need pride. Okay. Your hint
2: is, this is a single-type Pokemon.
0: Hmm. Monotype. Okay. Uh, So we've got, trying to think from generations that are
1: strong. Uh, Can you think of anything higher than 100? That's where I'm kind of hitting. Who's at 100? Krabby. Krabby's at 100? Yeah. It's got basically no other stats. The things you learn building PTU encounters.
0: Um, <laughs> well, not fully evolved is that is that the same thing as unevolved? Or Are we talking no, from the middle stage? Because then no. we
1: get things like uh, I can't think of any uh, like I don't know I can't think of well, monotype waters with higher attack than oh yeah.
0: Well, I mean, she said not fully evolved, so I wasn't sure if that implied that it wasn't it evolved once and it hadn't evolved again. So, like, it was a middle stage. Yeah, it no, it, it does stage.
2: include those. It okay. does include middle so stages. That's
0: um, I mean, I'm trying to think from later generations if anything was like really skewed. Um what are the I mean, water types from this gen? The other
1: it, I don't know the attack stat off the top of my head but the only other mono water I can think of would be uh Barracuda.
0: is probably is probably decently high um but I don't know that it's cuz Ar- Barracuda is like 140 or something like that. So I mean if it's, it's 130. Pos- okay, so it's possible.
2: I need an answer soon.
0: Um I'll trust your gut. It's been right today.
1: Okay,
2: crabby. Krabby actually does not have an attack stat of 100. It no. has an attack stat of 105, and is the correct oh. answer. <laughs> it's the same base attack as for alligator, which is insane. <laughs> the second best in, in this list is Marstomp with a base 85 attack. And then in third place, there's three Pokemon with a base 80 attack stat, and they are Kabuto. Crocona and Corfish. Hmm. That gives you guys seven points, which means the board is now you and you and Seth at seven points in first <laughs> place, and the rest is completely empty. And our listeners can tune in next week for another exciting episode of Puckle's Pokey Quiz. But now we have to move on to our topic.
0: Hey guys, if you haven't already, be sure to head over to Patreon and check out our Puckle Anime Club podcast where we go over Pokemon journeys, talk about the episodes, you can listen to the commentary in real time as you watch the show, or you can just go ahead and listen to our review episode that we do at the end. You just have to go over to Patreon and be at the $5 tier to be able to access it. I think it's been a lot of fun making, and I hope if you decide to go and listen to it, you have a great time listening to it as well. But until then, keep on listening to the show, and you've got a topic to get to
2: welcome to our topic our topic today is going to be speculation about e3 and beyond and if you're listening to this after the e3 nintendo thingy has happened just bear with us and you can like laugh at us if we got it completely wrong yeah tell us how wrong we were
1: join us on the discord and talk with us about the new trailer (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or you can hail us as prophets, as all the soccer part of Twitter is doing, to the dude from Italy who predicted the result of last night's debut match in the European Soccer Championships, down to who scored our three goals, including the guy on the other side who marked an own goal. I don't know how he did that. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> It's all rigged, he found the book. (laughs) Fun stories from Italy. But yeah, so in a couple of days, or actually tomorrow as of the show coming out, Nintendo is going to have their Nintendo Direct at E3. And since one of the big titles coming out this year is uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and since Pokemon Legends Arceus is barely not coming out in 2021, we expect to see something about those games. The question is, what? Yeah. Because in previous years, Pokemon has always had a presence at E3. Before the show, I was telling the guys, mm, but are we really going to get anything? And we've always gotten something, actually. Like, I was wrong. Well, except last year, but last year um, E3 didn't really happen.
0: I mean, I feel like we can expect something because this is, like, BDSP is still being given a good release date slot. Like, it's not being shoved into, like, a weird month or time. Like, it's giving its normal Prime Pokemon release date slot. So... You'd expect a level of promotion with that.
2: Exactly. I I remember that speculating that it might be an October title to make room for an actual like prime release date game for the Switch. Mm -hmm. But that's not happening. We're still getting the Friday before Black Friday. Mm -hmm. Which means that in spite of this not being a Game Freak game and in spite of this being a remake, they still think... It's going to sell like hotcakes, which means they're going to promote it like it's a very tasty set of hotcakes.
1: <laughs> a tasty set, yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> which begs the question, since it's supposed to be this a most faithful quote-unquote remake, what could it possibly be showing off to get us hyped and excited?
1: So I think we, I'm going to start with worst case. Because I think the worst, like, realistic case here mm-hmm. is we just get, like, a really kind of bland trailer with them showing some new places and explaining it has online multiplayer. Mm. And ending with a ominous shot of the legendaries.
2: In their crappy HD glory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this sounds so accurate that it bothers me.
1: But I, yeah. I think <laughs> I think that's I think that's the minimum no
2: well uh in 2014 we got Auras gameplay when auras was coming out that was pretty much it, so we might get some gameplay like we might get uh some gameplay at treehouse as well mm-hmm. Which will actually be nice because there have been several leaks going around saying, oh, the graphics have been updated. Look at this screenshot. Look at this video. And they're all fake. Like every single one of them is fake. (laughs) But people might have been getting expectations if they have only seen the leaks and not Mm -hmm. the news about them being fake. So seeing some gameplay might be nice. But I don't know. It's like I'm fine with just seeing gameplay, but if we do only see gameplay, it will essentially tell me that yes, this is a faithful remake. They are not adding anything interesting to it, yeah. And so my hype will die down a little bit. Not that I was expecting something different. They did tell me they won't give it to <laughs> us, but you know, they said by the precedent, <laughs> yeah, with the other remakes.
1: I think part of it is just, like, even just gameplay demo for Oras told us a lot, because it basically gave us Dex Nav, like, it it kind of explained that feature a little bit, Mm because just moving around had that happening. Yeah. The gameplay would also be a really easy way to be like, hey, look, that's a Magby. (laughs) Mm. Those only showed up in this route in the Platinum Dex re-release.
2: Yeah, it would be Grasidia Lady Part 2.
1: Yeah, even... Even just little things like that, I mean, it's almost like we're back in Gen 8 trailers where we're like, okay, Tyranitar's in...
2: <gasps> Look! a <Whim-sick-a-train. laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a fair point, actually. I was thinking one thing I really miss from Gen 4 is the Poki Radar. And I was thinking, oh, it would be so nice just to just have, like, this mini game to Shiny Hunt. And then I remembered that Dynamax Adventure exists now
1: which I like, but takes a lot of time for limited targets.
2: It does, but that was also the case of the Poké Raider in Gen 4, because it does take a long time. You're not guaranteed anything for your time, whereas in Dynamax Adventure, you at least catch a Pokémon. And then there are only a few places where the grass has a configuration that really allows you to use the populator. (laughs) So you're limited to what is on those routes. Yeah. But I don't know. I I would like it to be back because just of nostalgia reasons.
0: That's fair.
2: I really liked it. And actually having to play it on a screen, that's not like the size of my fingers (laughs) where you have to see a sparkle in a patch of grass that's like seven pixels wide and your <laughs> eyes just hate you that might be a lot of fun <laughs> but like yeah i would like that what i would really like and what i'm really waiting for and it irks me that we're not even sure we're gonna get anything is i want something about legends Arcus.
0: that would be nice If just to showcase how it's going to be different than a normal game, I mean, we have some little bits of information, but like, I would just like to see some of the world a little bit more, just a little bit more. Yeah. Because I think we all more or less know what we're buckling in for with BDSP. Like, we would like to see a couple of things, like we would like to see maybe a new area or two shown in the trailer just to suggest there's extra content, but... Mm. It's Legends we really are invested in knowing more about because we only have to wait like two extra months after BDSP.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And also the trailer we did get was what was hopefully a very early development trailer. Like we, (laughs) We know it was an early development trailer, but what we're really hoping is that it means the game gets a significant update. In how it looks and how it runs.
1: Performance improvement? Yes. PowerPoint Changling. PowerPoint Changling.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I E M A Changling. Yeah, that was really bad. But I still don't understand what I'm going to do in that yeah. game. Because, yeah, you go around and you catch Pokemon, and people are yelling oh, it's going to be Pokémon Breath of the Wild because it's an open-world Pokémon game, but...
1: We don't even know if it's (laughs) open-world?
2: Well, it looked to be mostly open-world, but my point is, Breath of the Wild is not great because it's open-world. Breath of the Wild is great because it's open-world and you can interact with that world in a myriad of ways.
0: -hmm. Yes.
2: And they are all integrated seamlessly into the gameplay. They have the fun Nintendo quirks of, like, I don't know, Link humming while he cooks food and you getting dubious food and, like, all that stuff. It's not the open world that makes the world great. It's the seven billion things you can do in it in Mm -hmm. whichever order and way you want.
0: Well, that's the issue Pokemon's (laughs) going to have to to deal with is that they don't traditionally have a ton of, like, side activities to keep you engaged with. Exactly. Most of it more or less revolves around catching Pokemon.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. So if it's like, let's go Pikachu and Eevee, but open world, mm-hmm. people are going to be very disappointed. I'm going to be very disappointed. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yes. I do think we have to get some information because there, there are three major places to show off things and get a decent amount of press between now and Mm -hmm. the release. There's E3. In about a month, we have GDC, or the Game Developers Conference, which is less press, but still some. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we have PAX in uh, September. And like Nintendo has this amazing ability to snap their fingers and create hype at any given time. Uh, A little bit of it is marketing power, a little bit is brand recognition. And they can just drop a Pokemon Direct at pretty much any given time. But if they yes. want to fight for a release slot, they need to be fighting for the press that happens when people are making their purchase decisions for the year, which tend to yes. be at those three major events.
2: Yes, because pre-orders are a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. The other potential thing is I could see them splitting the difference uh, and going a little bit after PAX and going for the Tokyo Game Show that's big for mm, Japan. I guess. And some stuff, but Nintendo doesn't really have much of a presence there. They kind of even don't so much at PAX. They really just hit E3 and uh, yeah. GDC pretty hard. So
2: Nintendo have always been like, we do our own thing, and then we cross with your thing, but when we like to.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> the thing is, I think a major point is that both BDSP and RQs, as far as we know right now, from what we know about them right now, are incomplete games. Not in the sense that they're still in development, but in the sense that one is, quote-unquote, just a faithful remake, so it's not going to give us anything new. And the other is a single-player Pokemon game. Mm -hmm. So I think they need if they know what's good for them, to keep marketing them together. Because that way, every time you talk about what's coming up in Pokemon, people are going to get something they like. Whether they like one or the other, they're not going to be left unsatisfied. And that is a very weird balance you have to keep, because one of the games does come out before the other, and ideally you would like people to buy them both. So mm-hmm. you can't over-hype RQs over BDSP too much.
1: Because then they won't.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, if people are like, oh, I hate the chibi art style. Oh, this is just a remake with nothing new in it. Oh, the-. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. There is enough there for everyone to be happy, but you have to market it in the right way where everyone feels like their game is being promoted, the one they want to play. Exactly.
2: Like, yes, we are probably going to get both because... Like, let's face it, we're not a Pokemon podcast. Like, we are those kinds of people. But we are not most (laughs) people, you know? Mm -hmm. So for BDSP, okay, we've been, like, pretty realistic so far in saying we are probably just going to get some gameplay and that gameplay might reveal things. Mm -hmm. But what would you like to actually see?
0: From RCS or from BDSP?
2: Both, actually.
0: I mean, BDSP, my expectations,
2: like not to say the
0: game is going to be bad or unfun, I, but my expectations are for what I need to see to be satisfied are pretty low. I would just like to see a different aspect, like, you know, an additional piece to the story, even just a confirmation that the Distortion World is mm-hmm. there. Or just mm. some newer Pokemon that you can catch in the game just to know that it's not going to be like, let's go, and it's going to be really locked into like what your Pokemon options are for what you can use post-game. Mm-hmm. So I would like to know things. I would like to see some things from like Gen 8 or, you know, just future generations as well to suggest the decks is much more open afterwards. Yeah. And then maybe a new area, just something that we didn't see originally, just to give us something new to explore afterwards. That's all I need from BDSP to be content with it as a remake, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think for me, BDSP, I've just kind of, this sounds a harsher than it, than it is, but I've just kind of written it off as, oh, it's just, it is what it is. I'm not particularly excited or upset. I don't think yeah. that the uh, Battle Frontier is back. But if they are, I actually really like the Gen 4 battle uh, facilities. I think they're all fine. That could be fun. And if that's there, I'll be pleasantly surprised. And that's kind of it. For Legends Arceus, mm-hmm. what I really hope they start talking about is uh, a focus on either exploration or if it's not quite as open world as everyone is assuming, because they are assuming. hmm A stronger core narrative that they could not get away with in a modern Mm. Pokemon game that has to balance all of its game mechanics and game systems.
0: Mm.
1: Because if they're like, hey, you're building the first decks. Why wasn't this done before? What is stopping us? What is the conflict? (laughs) Because that is very broad in ways that modern formulaic Pokemon just can't get away with.
2: Mm, Yes. You you guys have actually like given me ideas about what I want now, <laughs> 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 because McGee made me realize that what I would really like to know from E three about BDSP is how it connects to Home and Sword and Shield and what this means for the Pokemon we get to use in battles online with our friends. Like, okay, so Fire Red and Leaf Green was. A pretty faithful remake to the point that you could not evolve your frigging oh, Gobut.
1: No. Yes. No, not again.
2: But it did have the Sevii Islands.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So what if, you know, they want to give you a chance, as they did before, to catch every single Pokemon in a generation without having to transfer them? And it doesn't necessarily mean this time that you can have every Pokemon in one game as it used to be before but it does mean that if you come into this generation now you don't need to transfer from previous generations which is something they've done for both Gen 6 and Gen 7 and so you have like Sevi Islands 2.0 where you can catch say Minior or Mareep (laughs) (laughs) and you can just fill out your home without having to transfer from previous games that would be cool
0: that would be cool.
2: Yeah. And for Legends Arcus, you know, I I want to know what I'll be doing in the game. And previously I thought, that just means, like, tell me what I'll be doing besides catching Pokemon. But Yulian have made me realize, this is a Pokemon game that has no formula to it. You don't have to beat a league. You don't have to beat the gyms. You don't have to make a team, even. The story possibilities for something like that are yes. actually insane if they want to go mm-hmm. there. Mhm. Like the speculation that since the symbol on the player character's uniform <laughs> looks like the symbol for Team Galactic, it could even be that it has like an ambiguous ending. Something that looks like a happy ending, but is it? Mm. Or, you know... (laughs) (laughs) You
1: know, when the order of the game's come out, what you could do is... You know that cave in Celestic Town that's kind of a write-off? You just go in there, you meet Cyrus, he talks about how evil he is and then leaves, right?
2: Yes, I remember this. You're talking like I remember Gen 4, but go ahead.
1: So, all you have to do is slightly tweak the texturing on that, and slightly tweak exactly what's happening, and say that it was a new discovery. They found, like, a book describing the most powerful Pokémon of all, and Cyrus is gonna go off, and, like, this was his inspiration. This is yeah. what, what drove him to evil. And then, a couple months later, you play a game where you catch all the Pokemon, you write them down, and you put them in a cave, and it collapses, and you're like, well, that was a oh. waste.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Please go work for Nintendo. <laughs>
1: Please. Yeah, he, he bases oh. his team off, like, the, st- the patch on your shoulder is like the sticker on the front of the book. and so, yeah. So he he's like, wow. these people must be guiding me to my destiny. And really, it was some 10-year-old they made go catch one of every animal like a terrible Noah.
2: Wow. <laughs> I am so into this, I cannot even explain <laughs> how much I am into this. <laughs> and now, this is the problem with doing speculation episodes. Like if we get more hopeful than
0: what we actually end up getting. <laughs> like, we get really excited.
2: Yeah, we come up with some incredibly good ideas. And then we don't get them, and we disappoint ourselves. We are like people looking at leaks on the internet. But worse, because we do it to ourselves.
1: (laughs) But I I think all of us, I think this is just like, what would you do, crazy theory. I think both of us are just like, I mean, it goes right back. What was the first thing I said. It's like, yeah, just a trailer that ends on an ominous shot of the legendaries. And P. McGee was like, yep, that's what's going to happen.
0: (laughs) We've walked this path before of excitement and then... Crushing defeat. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be like, it's not going to be a bad, whatever they give us won't be bad. It might just be generic. And that's what we don't want to see
2: anymore of. Exactly. Generic at this point is bad. Oh, because yeah. it's like, if it was a new generation, you know, basic formula like Pokemon is still good Pokemon because it's Pokemon, you know? But generic on a remake. Or generic on a game that's supposed to be innovative, like, hmm, I, I don't know how I feel about that, you know?
1: I I don't know because on one hand, like you you said it yourself, it's it's gonna be good, or at the very least, it's gonna be very you know, eminently playable. Yes, absolutely. So I, what they need to sell me on is that I. And I think what they understand is half of this. They understand that they do not need to sell their core audience on the game. Their core audience is going to go with it. Mm -hmm. Mm. What I don't think they realize is that the purpose of this is not to sell their audience or even to sell undecided customers. Uh, What they need to do is sell their audience on the idea of selling to their friends.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You need to jumpstart the hype machine.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, essentially what happened with Breath of the Wild... Breath of the Wild was a game for people that didn't play Zelda that wanted to try, like, you could convince to try out a Zelda game. Yeah. And not that, I don't think Legends is going to be that. Um, I know BDSP isn't going to be, BDSP is for Pokemon fans. Like, that's not going to be an introductory game for you to tell your friends about. But Legends could be the kind of game where it has such an interesting story um, that you can get people to try it out because it's just this whole new experience. Which if that's the case, they're gonna to have to market it. They're gonna to have to give us more to suggest it's something more interesting than we've played before and it isn't gonna be some kind of formulaic game with just a I guess more interesting plot. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Because I think another like target audience for BDSP is young children. Yes. Because absolutely. of the way like the the game looks like let's go a little bit and let's go with for kids. But I think for, yeah, for for Legends, maybe they need to sell us on the idea that it is Pokemon and Breath of the Wild. And it's like putting chocolate and peanut butter together, two things that so many people love. They would punch a friend to get them both together, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So... I was going to go for strawberry and then I thought so many people are allergic to strawberries and then I went with peanuts which so many more people are allergic (laughs) to like go me
1: (laughs) and and, you know some people are like a little allergic to strawberries but everyone I know who's allergic to peanuts is like put that on the opposite side of the table under like 14 layers of shrink wrap and three crucifixes and maybe I'll sit down
2: exactly (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that was a weird, like, trip that my brain took. Uh, I'm not allergic to anything, so (laughs) I have to remind myself (laughs) that that's a thing. But yeah, I I think us going on a tangent about allergies might mean that it's time. We get exhausted. (laughs) Yeah, unless you guys have, like, any final observations or conclusions or questions that you want to bring up.
0: I'm just waiting to see what shows up. I'm not going to draw any big reactions until I see what comes out of E3. And then I'll react, I guess.
2: Fair.
1: All right. I just want to call my shot. Uh, If I'm right, my PayPal will be linked in the description. (laughs) 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 Called shot. They're going to reveal two Smash Fighters. One of them's a Gen 8 Pokemon. Money's on Cinderace. All right. uh, Payment details to follow. Fair bet. My tithes are low.
0: What a lame pick. They could have announced him a year and a half ago.
2: Wow. That I I wish I had a bet to place, but I can't come up with anything right now. Tell you what though, if we do for any reason see Minior, I will flip.
0: I'd be very <laughs> excited for Minior to come back. Obviously Lunia as well.
1: I mean, yeah, but it's just funny to hear both of
0: you shilling my favorite. I mean, I've always liked Minior.
2: It's also one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> I know, it's just amusing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think it's time for us to move on to the Pokemon of the episode, who unfortunately I don't think is going to be Minior. Catch you on the flip-flop. Poke
0: Pokemon. the episode.
2: And welcome to the Pokemon of the episode. The Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 804, Naganadel, the Poison Pin Pokemon.
0: It's Ultra Sun, Dex entry reads. It stores hundreds of liters of poisonous liquid inside its body. It's one of the organisms known as UBs, or Ultra
2: Beasts. Ooh. Ooh. So, Naganadil was one of the Pokemon introduced in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. So, it, it's very special because they had never introduced Pokemon Halfway through a generation before. And now it's a thing. Naganadil is an Ultra Beast and as such, all of its stats are prime numbers. I think that one. Yep. Mm. yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm like, mm, wait, that doesn't look like a prime number, but it is. I d- is is 121 a prime number? I feel like... Yes, so, it is. Okay. So uh, it has 73s across the board, except for its special attack, which is 127, and its speed, which is 121. So it's actually very easy to, like, stat him however you want. 121 isn't a
0: prime number.
2: I told you it wasn't! It
0: wasn't? It's divisible by 11. Huh. No,
2: 11. Okay. Ha ha weird i I know my numbers i know my numbers (laughs) (laughs) this was a
1: terrible mistake and they should have fixed it
2: Yep. so you can actually get your speed boost or your special attack boost with um the beast boost ability but uh you can't get anything else and i don't see why you would want to it's got
0: two usable stats and they're in the perfect places to be usable
1: yeah. <laughs> a Pokemon with high special attack and speed and an ability that raises one is good?
2: What? Who'd have known how high Spectre um, but <laughs>
1: Spectre, Spectre with is moves, actually... with a better move, better typing, but worse stats.
2: Exactly. So our team for today is a BSS team because we're doing BSS things because Summer League is going on. And in a very summer league mood, we're gonna start off with Cinderace Gmux. You're gonna see a lot of them. If you didn't see them, you're doing something wrong probably.
1: Or you're battling gym leaders.
2: <laughs> I mean, literally every gym leader except me could theoretically run a Cinderace. <laughs>
1: That's true. This is M- true. Maybe
2: not Shamu, I don't know. I don't know. It gets U-turn. Oh, it's good. Then yes, I'm the only gym leader who doesn't get access to Cinderace. <laughs> Can you tell him slightly bitter about it?
0: It's okay. Shamu is like one of the only ones that doesn't have access to any of the Reggies. So it all evens out in the end.
2: Excuse me. I don't get access to the Reggies either.
0: That's
1: true. I don't right? think I do
0: either. <laughs> all right. Well, Shamu doesn't. That's what matters.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, that's the important part. But going back to the Hoppy Bunny of Death. Fiery death at that. Cinderace G-Max is holding a life orb, so the death is even more deathy and more fiery. Its ability is libero, and that's the only way you pronounce that. It has max attack, max speed, 4 special defense, jolly nature, it's running impirable, because why wouldn't you run it, high jump kick, because why wouldn't you, and then it's got zen headbutt and giga impact, which are pretty interesting moves, but, you know, I was expecting a flying-type move. I'm surprised it doesn't have bounce.
0: Giga Empath's essentially the same way, because you max strike, so you lower their speed. So it's yeah, the but same output.
2: You also probably kill them, so <laughs> then you don't have the speed boosted for the next Pokémon.
0: Yes, this is true.
2: It does work. It does work. But if you don't want to Gigantamax your fire-type starter, You can Gigantamax your Grass-type starter, because this team is also running Rillaboom, G-Max, holding a Choice Band. The ability is obviously Grassy Surge. The EV spread is 140 HP, 252 attack, and 116 defense. With an Adamant Nature, I don't know what that is supposed to live. I'm sorry. Does anyone Probably know? Probably
0: something like a Pyro Ball. I don't know. It could take maybe a Pyro Ball from a Cinderace. I, I don't know the yeah. that Calc's for that. Greal will know.
2: Maybe an Airstream from something while it's maxed. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. It obviously has Grassy Glide. It almost as obviously has Wood Emmer. And then it's got Superpower, which is great to boost your attack while you're Gigantamaxed. And then Knock Off, because... You have it, why wouldn't you run it? So few things get it these days. (laughs) It's true. Cool. Second part of the team.
1: Yeah. But what? why would you just use starter Pokemon when you can use unholy alien abominations? Uh, We have the two fastest Ultra Beasts, because this is a very aggressive team. Uh, Verimosa, with the Focus Sash, leads us out. It's got beast boost as its ability because it doesn't have any other option, and why would you not want better moxie? (laughs) Uh, 252 attack, 4 special defense, and 252 speed with an adamant nature means it's boosting attack instead of speed, which is good. It's fast enough already. It's a good Mm -hmm. Dynamax Mon with uh, access to close combat. Uh, U-Turn will let you scout and just put a massive dent in whatever you hit. Drill Run lets you deal with those pesky, pesky ground and poison types, and Triple Axle kills everything. Mm-mm. Notably, Triple Axle means that Dragonite dies because Multi Scale stops the little ten base power hit, and then you kick it to death.
0: Yes, and the same way with Mimikyu. Good way around Mimikyu. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll one hit KO Mimikyu, but it'll get it pretty obliterated.
1: It it will do a lot.
2: It will do a lot. Yes.
1: At plus one, it'll probably just kill it.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And unless it's holding a key berry, but uh, it doesn't really do that as much anymore. Yeah. One thing to note about uh, having an Atom and Nature is that if your Focus Sash gets broken, you have to watch out for base 95 speed Pokemon that are either holding a Scarf or have a plus one speed boost because they will outspeed you then.
1: Yep. Yes,
2: so, such as like, say, Choice Scarf, Lele, or Fini, you know, you have to watch out for those.
1: And uh, in case you need something even faster than a Faramosa, we have the Pokemon of the episode itself, Naga It's got a Choice Scarf, it's got a timid nature, 252 speed, 4 special defense, 252 special attack. Now, you're probably going, that boosts speed, doesn't it? And that's mm-hmm. correct. Why would you want that with a Choice Scarf? Well, what happens is neonatal comes in, kills whatever, whatever is in front of it, gets a plus one speed. Then you Dynamax and you can just slaughter everything while still keeping your plus one speed that keeps you ahead of other real uh, fast threats uh, like the aforementioned Adamant Farramosa, uh like, uh, say, Cinderace so that you don't have to take a... Uh, stab Zen Headbutt because this one has Libero. And yes, I did say that just to annoy Whimsicott.
2: I mean, you pronounce it better than everyone else. Not, <laughs> not great, but thank you. Libero? <laughs> oh, the, oh, that that's the one that really hurts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it has Sludge Wave, Draco Meteor, Flamethrower, and U-Turn. Uh, the U-Turn is just for chip and switch, but you're probably just going to kill something go big, and then just click uh, Max Poison to get your special attack up, and then just kill everything. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to stop you?
2: A thing to note is that Cinderace and Naganadol and Formosa all have those four leftover EVs in special defense. You do not want to move them around, because otherwise, Portingun 2 with download comes in on you and gets a special attack boost instead of an attack one, and you don't want that.
1: Yep.
0: This is true. It's helpful. To think. You don't want to give Porygon it powered up, especially with these things, pathetic special defenses in general. You don't mm-hmm. want to give them extra firepower.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And because their defenses are identical otherwise, those four points will just guarantee it.
0: Mm-mm. Very easy way around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. So, because we had two starters.
2: Exactly. You don't have to use all starters. We're actually. We
0: got one more for you. To we have two our more. That's transport. a Pikachu. This is a Pikachu. Pikachu.
2: <laughs> we'll get to fake Pikachu in a
0: minute, but
2: knock off Pikachu. We've
0: got ourselves a Swampert with the leftovers as the item. Torrent is the ability. Two fifty two HP. Thirty six spe- or defense. The rest in special defense. Assassin nature. Uh, zero speed IVs, and we'll get to why in just a moment. The nice thing about Swampert right now, he took off an OU when he got brought back into the game, and now he's doing the same in BSS because. He can set rocks, and then he can pivot with flip turn. So a good way to put rocks out on turn one and then slowly pivot out on turn two into something else. If something's trying to set up, you just click Yawn, and they're not very happy. Or you protect if you need to stall out a turn to wait for something to fall asleep. Or you can flip turn, like I said, to go slow, gain momentum, let the thing fall asleep, and then come in with one of your sweepers and win the game. So Swampert's doing pretty good right now in this meta. Good boy. And then finally, rounding out the team because this is BSS, it wouldn't be a true team without a Mimikyu on it as well. We've got a Mimikyu holding the spell tag because the Life Orb was already equipped on someone else. Four HP EVs, two fifty two attack, two fifty two speed, Jolly nature, play rough, Phantom Forest, Shadow Sneak, and Swords Dance. Phantom Forest being very helpful if you need to burn Dynamax turns by hiding away for one of them. So yep. Mimikyu remains a very good anti Dynamax Pokemon.
2: Yes, really, really good. My good boy, my good fake Pikachu. Who's your good boy? You are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's, he's probably going to be on both of my teams. So, spoilers! <laughs> Watch out for the Mimikyu! But yeah, uh, this team essentially runs pretty easy. You essentially wall break with one of the starters at the beginning. If something looks like it's trying to, like, give you trouble with their Dynamax, you use either Swampert or Mimikyu to, like, dissuade them, set up rocks and stuff like that. And then at the end of the game, you you pick a beast and you end the sweep with them.
0: Very straightforward. Very effective. We used it to face three of the gym leaders, so I would keep an eye out for that video if you want to get Mm -hmm. a gauge on it.
2: Yep.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I, I fought against this team. I had a reaction.
2: <laughs> Can't wait to see that. But you don't with have that, to. Mm, okay, fine, I won't. <laughs> with that, we can move on to our very last segment: the mailbag. It's mail time. Sending your
1: emails.
2: And welcome to the Mailbag, which is the segment of the show when we read our listeners' email, which can be sent in at pucklepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Every week we have a question that we answer you, and before I forget, the question for this week will be, what did you think of the Pokémon reveals at E3?
1: We can pretend that, you not, that uh, we can ask another question and then hope that you'll respond, but you will just answer this question anyway, so, you know. Yep. We know. We're We're just giving you permission. (laughs)
2: Exactly. So a note about this mailbag segment, many of you sent some wonderful answers to the mailbag question from last week, which had to do with your favorite music from Pokemon. But unfortunately, I am not Thatch. I do not have a soundboard and I do not have the technical capacity to get the sound from your emails into the show. So we're going to we we had to skip some emails that were really nice but really needed us to play the sound in order to make sense.
1: And and a lot of them had like six songs and if we played five set we would be here it would be another Forever. hour. <laughs>
2: So, uh, sorry if we didn't read your really good email. I hope that Thatch has the ability and the time to maybe do an extended mailbag on this one, but uh, we're not Thatch, we can't promise you anything. Apologies. So, before we read emails, we are contractually obligated to say that the mailbag segment is, as always, brought to you by the very fictional energy drink Green Taurus, the energy drink that gives you hooves!
1: Puffs. Okay, that's
2: fine. Didn't I didn't drink the enthusiasm enthusiasm in.
1: In. You can hear it. Is.
2: No, yeah.
1: no, I didn't. <laughs> I'm looking over at my bed going, and there's a staff meeting after this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so our first email is going to be from Big Cat Bruce, who is actually answering the previous mailbag question. And he says, Hello, Puckle friends. Big Cat Bruce here with my favorite Pokemon product. For me, I never got into the (gasps) plushies or Pokemon figurines. (gasps) I never ate the Pokemon cereal. I never did either. I did play (laughs) Pokemon Monopoly, though. However, my favorite product is actually the fan-made games. I hope this counts. Financially, it probably doesn't, but we're with you on that. I love how this franchise has inspired fans to make their own stories and challenges, using the assets and established universe to create some truly impressive games. Also, these games can present a challenge that experienced Pokémon fans want. Radical Red and Emerald Kaizo, for example, have taken over Twitch with popular content creators trying to complete the games. Then there are others like Storm Silver. There are a more difficult versions of Soul Silver or Pokémon Insurgents. Haha, <laughs> we talked <Yeah>. about that. <laughs> that brings cult and death and adult teams into Pokémon. Adult <laughs> themes. That There's an H there. And they are all free, both to play and to create. There is a whole community dedicated to helping each other and solving problems and brainstorming new ideas. TPCI has created a lot of great stuff, but for me, it's the community that they created and inspiration that they instilled that's most impressive. That's really nice. I hope you are all (laughs) doing well and have a great week. Big Cat Bruce. Ah, I I love Big Cat Bruce. That was such a nice email.
1: It almost lets me forgive him having a name that reminds me of Big the Cat. (laughs) It's almost... No, fan games are great. I've always wanted to just like make uh, a ROM hack. Just tweak some mm-hmm. stuff. Mostly I just wanna have a game where like I just set everyone's attack stat and special attack stat equal. And then just watch that unfold.
2: <laughs> that is so you. <laughs> ah. Anyway. Uh let's move on, on to our next email, who is from Redline.
0: Alright. Uh What it do, Puckle Crew? Redline here. I've been listening to the podcast Oh, he's just made that
2: so happy.
1: And me so sad. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: I've been listening to the podcast for a while and decided to finally write an email. I listen religiously every Monday morning while at work. Anyway, on to the topic of this email. I have many songs from the main series game that I absolutely love and will even listen to outside the games. Of course, I default to Gen 2 Champion theme. It has such an epic buildup at the start and makes me shiver with excitement. In order to keep the length of this email down, I'll only mention the epicness that is Team Flare music and also the Oris Team Magma Aqua themes. I'd have to say my current favorite thing, since I'm going to do a re- I'm doing a replay of this game is from X and Y. The Xerneas Yavaltol uh, theme really is the ultimate banger. I took my time watching Yolotl, Pokeball Pokeball at three quarters health, no HP status, by the way, just because I enjoyed the theme so much. Anyway, thank you for reading my email, and I hope all is well with everyone. Till the next time, catch you on the
1: flip-flop.
2: That was super nice. Thank you, Redline.
1: I realized none of us were on that episode. Do you want to just, like, say your favorite Pokemon song, if you have one off the
2: top? Oh, currently, it's the Rose Tower theme. Really? Field. Yeah, it's it's a banger. I love it, but I don't know that it's my overall favorite. It's my current favorite.
0: I just like the theme from the X Y, where you're just kind of wandering around in the grass, just like that adventure theme. Mm. I don't know any. I don't know the themes. The, I don't know the themes that well, but I like the the mood that sets of just fun yeah. adventure.
1: I Was appalled by the complete lack of Gen Seven uh, representation. Uh, because I think that had some of the most fun, like, the the overall themes were, and yeah, whatever. But versus Guzma?
2: <laughs> I don't know about that one. One that I, I would it. have definitely submitted if I had been on the episode is the Hawoli City at Night music. Yeah,
1: so that's, that's really good. So, mm. But I the the Guzma theme, I don't know why. I'm just bobbing my head the whole time. It's too good.
2: Hmm.
1: <laughs> it does not feel like a Pokemon song. It's It's just very different. Yeah, yeah.
2: Anyway, our very last email is from uh, W Blazer. W- yeah, Blazer, w Blazer Five. W Blazer the Thwacky. Okay, you got it, Lyin.
1: Hey there, Puckle Crew. W Blazer the Thwacky here. Super excited to be talking about some music. If my last email was any indication of it, I love music. Not only do I play the drums, but I also have guitar. Trumpet, and piano in my arsenal. I also play a few bands near where I live in addition to the obligatory orchestra throughout grade school. Needless to say, music is a big part of my life, and I'm thrilled to be writing about the role it plays in Pokemon. In my opinion, the most important role that music plays in Pokemon is how well it personifies what it's representing. I'm mainly thinking about the characters, legendaries, and areas seen throughout the games. While I have my own personal taste in musical side genre, I feel like mentioning the accuracy of the themes to what they represent is more intriguing than just saying I like it because it sounds like hard rock and metal. Although I will have to say my favorite music for any game was the trailer for Black and White 2, because it's good hard rock.
2: My favorite is actually the trailer for Sun and Moon. You know, the one that goes, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> It was, uh, I, I, I loved it.
1: That was a good one. I really like the the Gen Eight Brand New World trailer.
2: <laughs> mm, not <laughs> as good like as the other one. Shouting,
1: it's yeah. very good. <laughs> Unfortunately, I couldn't be as thorough as I wanted for this mailbag due to my work schedule. It's okay, you get to cap this out. Uh, <laughs> but here are some I immediately thought of when I asked the mailbag question. He included links, and we won't just look them up. Slateport City's theme is one of my favorites in Hoenn. The bells and percussion really capture that hustle and bustle of a port marketplace. Mm. The gentle sounds afterwards uh, echo the peaceful ocean breeze and surroundings really well. Tour. Pierce's Battle Theme I love the battle theme for when you're fighting against gym leaders in Swish. The technoing big beats at the beginning really feel like we're in a stadium. Uh, I used to love going to sporting events with my dad, so this got me super pumped when battling them. Even Pierce's theme when we fight was sweet, since they changed the music to make it seem like we're at a club rather than a stadium. Mm. Uh, Kirim's theme from Black and White. It starts out really ominous and then turns extremely quick, almost to the point of panicking. I don't know you, but seeing this fusion monstrosity form before my very eyes and force forced to battle it, I'd have feelings of dread and panic as well, staring that thing down. Mm. The last one I want to talk about is somewhat similar to Kirim's. It's Cynthia's theme from the Gen 4 games. Starting off elegantly to be quickly replaced by that rapid snare and beat told me that Cynthia had shifted to battle mode. And boy, did she. I still remember <laughs> whittling, whiting out to that Garchomp six times in middle school before finally beating her. Sorry if this ended up being way too long. This is a good subject I could talk about for hours, but I hope this was enough to get a passing grade. Thanks for the fun topic, and I hope you enjoyed the email. W Blazer 5.
2: That was a good email, and I really liked his approach to it. I would put this email up for the Green Taurus badge if you guys agree. Sure. All right, Wacky, you get the green Taurus badge. Bother us on the Discord to get your role. Now, I've already mentioned that the mailbag question is what do you think of whatever was revealed at E3? Send an answer to PacoPodcast at gmail.com. But if you also want to discuss it live with us, you can join our Discord server. There's going to be a link in the description, as always, You can also find us on social media such as Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, mostly. I don't know why we're on Tumblr, honestly. And we're also on the YouTubes, where we upload videos at least once a week, sometimes more. And at least twice a week, we are on the Twitch at twitch.com. .tv slash thepucklepodcast, that's the only place where not just Puckle Podcasts, there was a snafu many, many years ago. And you can catch us there streaming various things throughout the week and having a ton of fun with our listeners and watchers. If you want to contribute to the great Puckle project, besides just being an awesome part of the community and a listener, you can join our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Buckle Podcast. We have several tiers there. And the big news is that Thatch has finally, finally, finally released the anime commentary track podcast for everyone, I believe, from the $5 tier and above. So if you're interested in that, uh, check out our patrons. There is going to be a link to that in the description as well. Did I forget anything, guys?
1: I think we're good. I think we hit
2: it all. Awesome. Amazing. I feel good about myself now. And on this good feeling, I am going to say goodbye to you all. I have been the fluffiest Swimseeket.
1: I've been Linian. And I have been P. McGee.
2: And once again, here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time.